Hi again, everyone. Welcome to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. It's Monday, October 10th. I'm joined, as always, by Matt Morgan. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Uh, good, man. And uh, thanks for coming back on uh, every week. And so, uh, as you can see, Glenn is not here again. So I'm going to. Uh, sorry. Uh, Sorry, I was getting a, a text right there. But uh, Glenn is not with us this week. He is actually was at tonight's Raw, uh, but he will be back next week. And uh, I might or might not be on next week's show. Uh, Raw is in Denver, and so I'm, I might be attending. So so we'll see. Um, but Matt, uh, what did you think of tonight's show? I liked it. Um, I li- As a whole, I liked it. Um... There's some things, obviously, that we'll get into as we go match by match, segment by segment. But, uh, you know, let, let's get cracking into it. I, I liked it overall, though. Yeah, I agree. I thought uh, second week in a row, I thought I thought it, it you know, obviously the three hours is always going to be an issue. But other than that, I thought it was a, a pr- pretty solid show uh, overall. And it didn't really drag it at, at too many points. Um so the show opened up uh, with the Sasha Banks promo. Uh, Sasha asked for her match against Charlotte to be inside of the Hell in a Cell. Um, Charlotte comes out, and then Rusev comes out, which was kind of random. Uh, and he just cuts his promo saying, nobody cares about the women's revolution. I, I, he just uh, just kind of ripping everything, which I, I thought was great. Uh, Charlotte cut him off, uh, ripped out his mic, and accepted the match at Hell in a Cell. Um, I thought Rusev was great here. I thought Sasha's promo, um, I, I thought she was delivering it fine, but it, it just, it just seems redundant. Like we've heard, we've heard this promo before. I started the show about five minutes behind on my DVR. Right. And I was going to catch up during one of the commercials. Like I always do. I honest to God thought I was watching a past episode of raw when Sasha first won the title. I swear to God from her, cause I saw that her promo at the beginning of her promo. And I was like, wait a minute. Is this this? I'm on the wrong raw. I'm on the raw the night that she, you know, after she won the title or something like that. What the hell is this? Um, that's how almost identical this promo was. I was waiting to hear her say that she was injured and run that. Remember, she said that in that last one, the one promo that she opened the show with. I was waiting to hear those words to know I was on the wrong episode. I swear to God, it was that identical. Yeah, yeah, it was very uh, I've been there, done that. But um, but I thought Charlotte, uh, Charlotte was great. Uh, Rusev, I thought mm-hmm. was was excellent. Yeah. Uh, Lana came out. Uh, I mean, uh, Roman Reigns came out. Uh, some back and forth, which led to a, a mixed tag early in the match. But you, as far as opening segments go, it was different. Uh, you had different characters in there, so I I I personally like this opener. Yeah, I did too. Um, they just need to be very careful um, not to be sexist here or anything like that. I get we're trying to make the women uh, mean more. But when you double drop kick, uh, uh, you know, a big bad mamma jamma like Rusev out of the ring, you got to be careful because he's not going to be. If they did that to me, I would have taken that through the ropes and I would have laughed. I would have laughed like that was a love tap. Uh, and to, to, to just. I don't know. Like Rusev wouldn't sell it overly big. He wouldn't be pissed off. He wouldn't be even embarrassed, even though he took it ass over tea kettle through the rope. 
Do you know what I mean? You have to be very delicate with that, with protecting their talents. Yeah, and and I, I feel like they don't uh, protect enough talents. You know, like they yeah. wouldn't be doing that spot with Brock or Undertaker. Oh, my you God. Know? I can just um, imagine his reaction to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, and I feel like Rusev is one of those characters that it's about time that uh, he kind of moves into the upper echelon where he starts getting protected more and and treated a, a little differently because they need more top guys. And, and he's someone that could easily fit that bill. He did what they asked of him. He put him in the mid card. He did some comedy when was needed and did phenomenally well with it. Um, he did very well in getting, um, you know, everybody's favorite baby face over um, and stopped being booed so much in Roman Reigns. This guy's a utility player, which is rare for a big guy. Big guys like us, we're not, we're not utility players. We're, we're usually one-trick ponies. And right. he's done – he exceeded their expectations. I guarantee it when they put him in that mid-card upper echelon – upper echelon on the mid-card spot, I'd say. You know, he deserves a lot more now. Make him serious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then we went to Cesaro against Kofi Kingston. Uh, Sheamus was doing some, face, some Facebook Live uh, tweeting. I don't know, whatever you call Facebook living. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Cesaro uh, attempted a 619 at one point, so I guess that wasn't a one-time thing. Uh, Kofi looked a little off tonight. Uh, kind of botched that finish. Um, Sheamus was fighting with Biggie and Xavier Woods outside the ring, and Kofi rolled up Cesaro for the win. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on this? Yeah, that was a little sloppy there, um, which is rare for uh, Kofi. Um, man, Kofi finally, you know, he, he doesn't completely lose. You know, he doesn't completely job out like he always does in these, single, in these singles matches. Anytime there's a tag program, it's always Kofi, if you notice, in these singles program, in these quick one-on-one, you know, tag matches, if you will, with singles guys. And he always loses, always. Um, I thought tonight was cool. He finally gets a victory, but that wasn't the story. He didn't win because they were trying to get him or them over. They just wanted to continue their storyline between the two, you know, inner fighting, you know, heels. Well, sorry, um, Sheamus being the heel, I should say. Right. Uh, you think, uh, I mean, we, we still got a couple of weeks still hell in the cell. You think you think they'll go with the title change, or, or you think they'll keep it on the new day? It, it better stand. I mean, I still think it needs to be Gallows in that, you know? I, I just think it needs to be Gallows Anderson that wins that title. I, so I hope it's new, you know? Yeah, I think at this point they're going with New Day to break Demolition's record, so they're going to be uh, champs <laughs> through, the, through the end of the year. Do they know nobody cares? <laughs> like I was around when that record was set, and I don't even remember being set. And I matched every single Saturday, you know. Yeah, I think Demolitions involved. Uh, they they sued WWE, so they probably want to write them out of the record books. So uh, yeah. I don't know, uh, it, but it definitely seems like they're they've gone this long. I I, I could see them just going all the way at this point. Uh, next, we had a Bailey squash match. Um, I think we both agreed on these in the past that it's 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 a great way to get her character over. Uh, this one was was pretty sloppy. Um, Very sloppy. Yeah, it 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 was an ugly match, but uh, Bailey was super over, yeah. and uh, and got the win. It almost looks like uh, they called an audible, like and were like let's just end this thing because it, it ended pretty quickly. It was. I was gonna say that to you. I was gonna say, um, an inside shoot inside reversal uh, off the ropes right into the uh you know belly to belly like that i was like i guarantee you they called that right on the fly to get that other girl the freak out of the ring um that's another example though um they always say it takes two to have a good match and it's true um that's not an indictment on bailey by any stretch of the imagination but that girl it was not ready to be on tv no offense to her 
Right. You sh- it, it seems like if you're doing squash matches, they shouldn't be back and forth because these guys are not, they don't have the experience, you know? I mean, so- what happens if Billy got hurt, you know? I mean, there's so many different, I don't know. Right. Yeah. So, um, so next we had a, a cruiserweight match, Sin Cara and Lince Dorado versus mm-hmm. Tony Nice and Drew Gulak. Uh, nice is looking... Nice is looking kind of like uh, Damien Sandow if he had been violating the wellness policy. For years, <laughs> you know? and, and thrown in a dryer for two months, but yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Dorado picked up the win for their team. I thought Dorado looked great. Uh, he, he was over. Yeah, it, and it was a, it was a fun match. Um, Sin Cara is now a part of the cruiserweight division. Uh, you think this is a good move? Yeah, I do, because I don't take him serious. Uh, he's just a guy who's going to be – we just said it what, a few weeks ago. Um, he's a guy that is great to get newer talent over because um, he kind of has, I don't want to say an overly established name, a semi-established name, right? So instead of doing that with him, put him in the cruiserweights, you know, put him in the cruiser division rather and have had these other guys beat him, you know, keep doing what you're doing with him, but, but do it in the cruiserweight division. Yeah, and I agree with that point. I just feel like uh... – he he's been like a job guy, you know, for a long time, and yeah. it, 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 with the first name moving from you know kind of the the heavyweight division, I guess, to the cruiserweight division, I, I would just think like you want someone with a little more steam just to kind of give it a little more, uh, just to give it a little more um, credibility, and and that's where I think someone like a Neville. And granted, you want to have it established before you get a big name into the cruiserweight division, but yeah, uh, I think Sin Cara just kind of just kind of makes it seem more like, I don't know. Uh, not as important, not as a big deal. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If, if, if you put um, Neville in there, that's a very big difference. Um, you know, they need to do a promo. They need to cut a promo as to why they want to do it. We need to hear why they would want to do this because the world doesn't look at the cruiser, the average fan, I should say, not the internet fan, so settle down, guys. I'm blowing my Twitter with this crap. The average fan, the mainstream fan, clicking through the channels is not – when, that's what I mean by mainstream fan. When they're watching the show, they don't, they're not going to see any of these other guys as bigger stars right away. Neville, you know, if they've been clicking through the channels before, they've seen Raw before, they know Neville. They're more familiar with him. So if he sh- cuts a promo as to why it's important he wants to be in this division, that can make a bigger, a much bigger difference than what they're currently doing with this division. Right. And I agree. I, I but I also agree that it shouldn't be done yet because no one knows who the cruiserweights are right now outside of me. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought this match was uh, really good. Uh, Glenn noted uh, that they actually changed they changed all the ropes for this match, and then wow. for the second cruiserweight match, they used duct tape. So hmm. I, I don't know why they do it for one, and not the other. But they physically changed the ropes for this match. Interesting. Yeah, backstage, uh, Stephanie ran into Mick Foley, uh, who Foley was coming out to, you know, make his announcements for Hell in a Cell. Uh, almost expecting her to tear him a new one, which she, she seems to do very well. But instead, she asked to go with him to make the Hell in a Cell address. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, so, which led to the segment. Foley came out. I don't know what what the hell was he wearing? Did you? Ugh. That suit was. I, I don't know, man. That was that was something. That may have been funny back in the day when Vince was trying to spruce him up into corporate right. mankind. That might have been cute then, but good lord, that was corny. Yeah how how are you take how are you supposed to take this guy serious? Um, 
But he comes out, he announces Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins in a Hell in a Cell. Uh, Foley uh, made Jericho's list again. Kevin Owens and Jericho (laughs) came out. Uh, Jericho, fantastic as always. This whole show, he was just great. I I think he was the MVP of this show. Um, Stephanie McMahon announced that if Jericho beats Seth Rollins tonight, he'll be put in the Hell in a Cell triple threat match. Which, uh, at one point, the plan was for Hell in a Cell to be a triple threat match with uh, Jericho, Owens, and Finn Balor before Balor got injured. Uh, surprisingly, Foley was cool with it, even though that would put the babyface at a disadvantage since, you know, they're... Good point. Yeah, but uh, I don't know, Foley, um, you know, ever since Stephanie, like, just just reamed him a new one, uh, he just seems, it's hard to take him serious. It is. And let me ask you something, Raj. Now when you're watching it, this is probably jump jump the shark, I'd say, like three months ago. But now when you're watching it, you almost like going out of your way to see, you know, if you notice like your sen- your sensitivity toward her completely emasculating men week after week. Have you noticed it like go up? So like you're like super sensitive to see any type of, emascu- you know, her emasculating uh, male characters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, any character, whether it's the women or the men, it's just, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, she was doing it with Jericho here when he was like, she was, he was going to put her on the list and she just no selling his new gimmick. That's getting <laughs> over. It's like, I I don't care about your list. And, you know, she just kind of, <sighs> he's Jer- just, Jericho just kind of stood back. So it, it just drives me nuts. Um, and that's not they, good. They that's not good. Back. There's no receipt for for any of it. Exactly, it's back like when Dixie was uh, for TNA when Dixie was you know trying to be this heel leader. Where was it ever gonna go? Like you can't do anything against a female owner right. or manager or anything like that. There is no comeback for that. There is nothing like maybe dump a bunch of crap from there, you know, on top of them in the ring one week, you know, or something crazy like that. That that's still not a receipt. Right. It, there's, it's just, uh, it's a one, it's a dead end is what it is. Right. Um, it, it gets all that heat on stuff and it never goes anywhere. Yeah. Um, and next we had a Seth Rollins uh, promo. This, this promo sounded to me like it could have easily been written for Roman Reigns. Like they're not scripting him as far as what he says, any different from any other top baby face. He does, you know, they're not giving their top baby faces unique characters, I guess, or, or in different styles of promos. Uh, at least that's how I felt. It, true. From from what I talking to the boys, my understanding is him more so than Roman gets a little bit more leeway as far as his promos go. Meaning he is a lot. Um, he being Seth has a lot more susceptibility of going up to the writing team and saying, hey, look, I don't know if I'm going to say this, this, and this. What about if I say this, this, and that between the two of them? So if he does, if, if it's on a little cookie cutter-ish and a little too cute, chances are he didn't change it up or he just went along with what was given to him, which is surprising because he's known to not do that as much. Yeah. I, I just feel like there's been something missing since he's been a baby face with, with his promos. It just, just doesn't come across as a, a top baby face promo. Um, I almost say just don't do anything different except for don't just don't do the crybaby routine. Obviously you can't do that as a baby face, right. but still just be Seth, you know, like the, 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 the dude got hurt, you know, and was speaking really passionate on that, the, the, the WWE um, uh, networks uh, special they did on him. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like that guy, that guy was interesting. That guy was was, was a little edge, was a little on edge, and and you just couldn't wait to see him come back, even though he was going to come back as a heel. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. I, I still was interested in him. Um, he needs to be that guy. Just be himself. Don't worry about being this, you know, G golly old G crap babyface. That's not who he is. He's a, he's a semi scumbag that is phenomenal in the ring. Right. So he's got to fine tune that. He's got to figure out what that edge is, so he's still being considered a face but not losing that edge while still being a little scumbaggy here and there, you know? Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, and the best example I could think of is like when, when Roddy Piper turned babyface. like he, <sighs> you know, he, he still stayed, you know, kind of, kind of annoying uh, and sleazy and like, you couldn't trust him, but he tweaked his character enough that, you know, he was, he was still a baby face, you know, he, he dropped yeah. uh, certain aspects, but kept overall uh, his persona. Yeah, good call. Um, next out, they had well, they had they aired the WWE 2K17 promo. Um, this one, they they aired the one with Del Rio still in it, and then later they aired the one where he's edited out. Um, and this is something we'll get to later. A page page got yeah, suspended absolutely. again. Um, this promo, all the times they air it, and I still don't get tired of watching it. It's just yeah. great. It is. It's one of the best things on the show. I love. I can't wait till it comes on. Yeah, uh, and and then we had Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel reprising their uh, social outcasts team, being uh, put together as a team against Enzo and Cass. Uh, Chris, who he, who does our live tweeting during Raw, called him Bo Daxel, which I, I kind of like that name. Uh, but before that match could start, Enzo and Cass were ambushed by uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. So, your boys getting. Uh, Getting a little, getting a little bit of their edge back. Good. They need a lot more than that. Uh, they need to keep going, and that's why I want to see, um, you know, New Day hold on to the titles a little bit longer because that's who needs to have the title more than anybody on this show right now is Anderson and Gallows. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And <laughs> uh, so, how do you go with that feud though? Because you you don't want to. You don't want to beat Enzo and Cass. They've lost. A lot. I feel like they've lost a lot of steam uh, over the last month or so. Um, basically, ever since ever since they lost to the Shining Stars, and they haven't really they haven't really done much. Yeah, they, they have, and, and this is what they're. I don't know why that is. I know the rationalization is that it's the Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle analogy. These guys can lose and still go back out on the mic and get themselves over. They'll sell T-shirts. They they sing. They have their little rhymes. Uh, they're entertaining as hell. They can get a, any act over, which is a lot of pressure to put on two new friggin' characters. For the record. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, you still need wins. You still need wins, like 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 important wins, deep rooted um, storyline wins that they just don't get, and I don't understand why. Um, I really don't get it myself, Raj. Yeah. Uh, someone here is asking in the comment section: uh, Do you like the way Gallows and Anderson are being booked now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Seems like it's too soon to say. It's, they're trying to take them more serious. We've heard it on commentary now for a few weeks now, in a row. I think it's like three weeks in a row now, four weeks at most, maybe, where they're trying to go out of their way on the announced team to put them over as mean SOBs. And as long as their work will show that, 
what, you know, once that bell rings or when they jump somebody or whatnot, their body language shows that the announced team has been made special notes. You can tell. So that tells me that's the direction they're going with them. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, Enzo and Cass got ambushed and we come back from break and Axel is demanding that they have an opponent. Now at this point, I was, I don't know if you, if you were expecting Braun Strowman, but that's kind of what I was expecting. Yeah, that actually is a good call. I, you know, I, I'll be honest. No, I wasn't expecting that, but that would have been pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then I, I could have sworn uh, Michael Cole said that during the break, Foley was scram- scrambling to find opponents for him, even though <laughs> Axel demanded it after the break. Um, but you know, that's, you got to ignore that kind of stuff, I guess. So we get uh, Sami Zayn <laughs> Neville, Neville's first match on Raw in, in a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they they get the win. Uh, Curtis Axel worked the full match. Bo Dallas was never tagged in. Um, and then after the loss, Bo just walked to the back. You know, he's got this good like uh, this mean look that he does pretty well. And then he grabs that stupid sign and just kills the whole thing. Yeah, he's trying to do too much. I mean, I feel bad for him. You can tell he's fighting for his job. I, I get that sense every time I see him. If the, and if this is leading to a uh, Bo Dallas Curtis Axel feud, that's not really going to help him much either. That is definitely not what it's. Uh, it, there's no way they don't, you don't think, think so. Where I don't think they think highly enough of either, and they should. I don't think they do though. I, th- I, I, I we'll have to we'll have to see. I think this is going to be the next Darren Young and Titus O'Neil. This is going to be a oh, oh, oh <laughs> good call there. Yeah. yeah, that's a good call. Okay, I, I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we had a uh, backstage segment, backstage segment with Lana and Charlotte. Uh, Lana gives Charlotte a warning to stay out of Rusev's way. Um, Lana, uh, I, th- I think she's, I think she's just been great on the mic, and she, she's been really good in these segments. She is. They're dying to see her wrestle too. Those fans are dying to see her finally become a wrestler. I think. Yeah, they until they see it. Like you, you saw her matches earlier this year. They they weren't pretty. No, but actually, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, maybe that's really bad of me. I don't remember anything really sticking. Uh, maybe I didn't see him. Yeah. Um, I fast forwarded through him. She, she was wrestling for a little bit and then, uh, then that was quickly dropped. Ah, oh, damn. Uh, up, up next we had Titus versus R-Truth. Um, mm-hmm. Titus is doing this Titus brand. Someone in the comment section, uh, said that it seems like it's a rib on Ryback who's doing his own brand thing right now which which i can see i wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me um our truth picks up the win so i guess titus's gimmick is that he loses every week and anytime we've seen that losing gimmick and the losing streak it usually never ends up well ever ever not since like when we were little kids when it was on saturday you know saturday morning superstars type stuff like i've not seen it work out yeah, the last time I can remember a top guy who had a losing uh, a losing streak was when Triple H was punished, like in '96, for the the curtain was, call. And that was behind the scenes. Well, he, well, he was he he lost every match for like four months, and 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 then he got the Intercontinental title. Yeah, but they weren't going above and beyond and saying, "Hey, this guy keeps losing every week, folks." Da 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 da. da where it just the right. burial just keeps at it, making it worse within kayfabe, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah that's true. Never works. Yeah. Um, backstage segment with TJ Perkins and Brian Kendrick. Um, I thought Perkins was a little better this week, but, uh, it's, a, he's trying to have the serious talk with, uh, Kendrick and, and then he's dropping these video game puns. 
you know, like, I know you think it's game over, you need another life, and, you know, st- stuff like that, which just, just kills it. Um, <laughs> it, it just, it, like, I, th- I thought this, this interview, this segment felt like something for, on Nick Jr., like after school. But, <laughs> He's um, too cheesy. He's too, too cheesy. Yeah, they just haven't found the, I, I don't know, the right direction with him. Uh, he, I mean, the dude seems like he... He's he's a Jordan collector. I'm sorry, anybody that's a Jordan collector in my book is is pretty cool. Um, he he he. If you follow him on social media, for the most part, he is like he is on top of what's going on with pop culture today. He's not some dude who's that cheesy and that corny. This is their fault for trying to make him into a 12 year old's favorite wrestler. That's what they're obviously doing, right? You know, they hit that kid demographic, that child demographic, and. In the meantime, it's pissing off a lot of their main fans, the, the general demographic that know him, who've been waiting to see someone like him come to this show, come to this roster, get an opportunity. And this is what you give us? Like, we, we better go back and watch him at TNA. We better go back and watch him with all these other companies and the indie scene that he used to work with. Not this cheese ball. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, they could do some cool stuff with the video game gimmick. and and uh, But his, his promos and stuff have just been uh, – he, he's – I don't know. It, They're not even cool video work. games. They're throwback. It's like like freaking Nintendo, like one up. But uh, those are the coolest video games. Oh, <laughs> I'm an Arkham Asylum guy. I, I like the newer games. I, I that's oh, come on, man. That is cheese. That's corny. The kids aren't even gonna get that. The demo they're hitting. They're right. talking about video games that these kids don't even get. Like yeah. why not throw them freaking Pac-Man in the background while they're at it? <laughs> so corny. These guys are so out of touch. Is there, do, these writers, do you know like their age range by any chance? Uh, the, the writers? I'm, I'm assuming they're all like 20s. Uh, Shame on them. Shame on them. I'm 40. I shouldn't be catching on to this. Like, I shouldn't <laughs> recognize that that is corny. Yeah. I should be like, oh, cool. Something blast from the past. Like, one up. I know what that means. That was Super Mario Brothers where I get a green mushroom. Oh, that's great. Like, yeah. You know, you, I mean, you know who does it, right? Xavier Woods, you know, like he, he'll, yes. drop the, he'll drop the video game references and stuff in his promos, but doesn't come across as, as, you know, just corny and, and bland. Great point. They did having it done for free on his YouTube channel. Just freaking take notes, creative team crap. Right. Yeah. So anyway, Perkins said that he knows that Kendrick's not a bad guy and they have this little talk and. He goes to offer, shake his hand. Kendrick accepts, but then goes to sucker punch him. And uh, Perkins is one step ahead this time and floors Kendrick. So that I thought that was good. This was like a, a, a one week where Perkins didn't end up looking like a chump. So Yeah, uh, made him look very aggressive. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like that. I, I like that. Uh, Braun Strowman's opponents were the, the Splash Brothers. Uh, they cut I, – I thought it was – I was amused by their promo that they cut. Um and this is the, the next step that they usually take. Once they've been doing the squash matches, they go to the handicap matches. Um, Strowman, oh, my God, he did that double drop kick. Uh, did you see that or that, that yeah. drop kick that he did? Yeah. Uh, he, should, he should never do that again. Um, but then he went on to destroy them. So I guess in, so in storylines, fully spent all week coming up with the Splash Brothers. Good job, Mick. Good job, Mick. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Strowman asked for real competition next week, or said that there will be consequences. Um, you know, it's kind of standard stuff. But Matt, your thought—I th- I was entertained by this segment. I thought the Splash Brothers were cheesy enough that it wasn't annoyingly cheesy. It—I I was amused by it. But what do you think? 
there, there, I used to have, um, uh, what do you call it, handicap matches uh, with TNA. And uh, I remember one was with Davari and somebody else, Sean Davari. And we came up with some pretty cool things. At least I thought so. Uh, cool t- t- two, two guys at once moves that you can do to show your power off, but that's different. Um, but to a double fall away slam I hit on him and his partner. You know, I stacked them both in my arms and double, you know, sack of shit, SOS, you know, fall away slam them both um, into like double squishers, you know, double stack them up side slams. There's things you can do to show off your power is my point, but you can be creative and new when you do it. I didn't see that. They tried to do it with the drop kick and I failed miserably. That dude cannot jump over a friggin' uh, encyclopedia. Let alone should be throwing drop kicks. Yeah, when they went to replays, they made sure not to show that one. Good. Uh, <laughs> the drizzle, the drizzling. You know what? Yeah, but I mean, it it is impressive how huge this guy is. But uh, all right, look, I'm going to throw this out there right now. I was 340 pounds. What is he? 360 legit. I think he's 360, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I had a 42 inch vertical leap. All right, I could do a shooting star <laughs> off the top ropes. I'm not impressed that this guy can't jump over a friggin' index card. Yeah. So what did, do you get any extra pressure backstage? Because you are getting – you are a big guy, and, and you are getting a push uh, because you are a big guy. Right. And, and, and these other, you know, smaller guys uh, that have been around a while, uh, mm-hmm. you know, are having to, to, to get squashed. Is there, uh, is there extra pressure backstage um, when, in situations like this? On the bigger guy, or on the as bigger far guy, as well? yeah. yeah. As far as far as what, like the guys being jealous of the, the exactly, yeah. and from management because they're giving you all this, they're expecting yeah. you to get over the boys, you know, having to do I, the, the jobs. I'm, I'll give you a great example. Shannon Moore was a guy that he had to go to get to like Team Lesnar when I first started. It was me, Nathan Jones, Big Show, A Train, just all the biggest Survivor Series team of all time, and it'll never no no other team will be bigger. Um, anyways. Shannon Moore was that guy, you know, that I was first in a scheduled one-on-one match with where I was just supposed to eat him up, right? And this was a guy that had been on TV years before I had, WCW and Raw. Um, And here I come up, and I remember I felt it was like I had to go out of my way to make him, like – comfortable with it you know what i mean because he he don't know me from adam can i hurt him can i not and 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 just so we're clear even the upper echelon guys were like you better take care of him out there you know i know you're new but you better take care of shannon shannon's one of our guys you know even funaki guys you know jbl be like hey funaki's one of us so he ain't one of those little vw guys that you're just gonna squish and hurt and break your neck and not care he's one of us um i remember that like i remember that like yesterday but that was a good thing for me to know but at the same time you still got to go out there and be a bad mama jamma you've got to be bigger than life you've still got to be strong as hell and you got to plug that crap out okay you take care of your opponent you do the best of your ability to do so but screw everything every one of those guys just said at the end of the day because guess what you need to go out and get yourself over that's the number one concern yeah um yeah, that's interesting because it it always seems like it could be a a, a blessing and a curse when you've got that size. You're, it puts a neon sign on your back, and haters come come out, and they would never do it to my face. They'd always do it personally. They do it behind my back to Vince. Like I'm not safe in the ring. Mm-hmm. All of this crap, you know, would always happen behind my back, but to my face, like, oh, good job, man, that was great. Yeah, you're getting it. That kind of crap, you know. And I'm like, oh, come on, dude. Right. Um. 
So up next, we had Roman Reigns and Sasha Banks against Charlotte and Rusev. Um, you know, again, we're seeing very, yeah, you know, the Reigns and Rusev and Sasha and Charlotte we've been seeing forever. So this this mixes it up a little bit. Uh, throughout the match, or we want Lana uh, chance and we want Sasha whenever Reigns was in there. Uh, Sasha <laughs> won the ma- match for her team, which was which was cool. You know, because yep. I always talk about this, where when someone wins the title, give them a little steam the following week. You know, if, yeah. don't get them beat. You know, have them get beat right off the bat. And and again, it puts the women on that serious plat that, that serious platform that they treat the guys like. You know, they, I'm so. I, let's be honest. I was thinking. I know it was that. It, it wasn't the main storyline, but I still thought they're going to give it to Roman. Do you know what I'm saying? I thought right. that Roman would get the victory because it's Roman Reigns. There's another way for Roman to win. Um, and they gave, I thought that was cool. It made the girls seem a lot more important, and it put them where they should be, on the same exact level of importance. Right. Uh, there was a backstage promo with Chris Jericho and, and Kevin Owens. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, there's there's a lot of bad comedy in WWE, but the stuff with these guys is just great. Yes, it is. I mean, they're just awesome, and uh, and and they do a lot of over the top stuff, but they do a lot of subtle stuff, which I love. Like <laughs> when Jericho is saying, you know, like we're the the undisputed, you know, I mean, the universal <laughs> champion, and the, the face that Kevin Owens made, like just like kind of brushing it off, just kind of annoyed, but going along with it. I, I, I'm just such a fan of these guys. I thought this was great, Kevin. I've been saying this for months. You have to go back and watch all of his matches. Everyone at home, if you have a bunch of DVR bras like I do, that's like this big on your DVR list because you're too lazy to hit delete like me. Go back and watch specifically Kevin Owens' matches way before the title. Listen to every one of his little isms he'll he'll throw out there during his matches, his promos. These are the subtleties that you're talking about, Raj. They're hilarious. I, I think he's... Uh, he to me is my favorite character on the show. He, him and Rollins is a little bit behind him, but he's just incredibly entertaining to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, next up, uh, in a lot of ways, this was the, the most interesting thing on the show. You had Paul Heyman come out uh, to cut a promo. He cuts a promo on Bill Goldberg. So, you know, they got Bill Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. That's the plan for the Survivor Series next month. Um, Surprisingly, uh, not much of a reaction for Goldberg. They really were forcing the Goldberg chance. Uh, by the end, they got him going. But um, I don't know. What do you think? It looks like you don't agree. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised I heard Goldberg chance at all. Quite honestly. Yeah, uh, dude. When was the last time we saw him? Was it was, was twelve it, years ago? Was it Mania Twenty? Yeah, yeah. MSG. I was there. I, that that's a long time. Yeah. Um, I'm very surprised that there was any Goldberg chance. I didn't think there were going to be any, even with Paul leading them into it. I was going to see, once you said that Glenn went to the show tonight, I was going to see if, where they piped in or not. Yeah. I saw fans chanting it, but were they just following the leader and playing, you know, monkey see monkey do because they heard, you know, the piped in Goldbergs. I, I want to find that out. Um, we would chant. Yeah, we, we, our generation of fans would be there chanting and going bananas, I'm sure, but not the kids, not the, the, the fans that are there watching, wanting to see that ring of honor style type, wrestler that the, this the, the kevin owens the seth rollins they don't give a crap about goldberg coming back i just don't think they would yeah not at this stage i mean yeah and uh you know i'm i'll admit i'm intrigued by this match i you know I'm, I've, I've always been uh you know big in the box office the big the big names you know wrestling each other 
and you know, I, I'm a big fan of you know greatly you know work matches that have great work and you know are great matches as well. But I like my I like the mix, you know, the storylines, the big stars. Yeah. So I'm interested, but it'll be interesting to see how the the crowd responds because the pay per view crowds are usually more smarky and and uh, right. you know less forgiving. And we saw how the WrestleMania 20 crowd was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think they're gonna just crap all over this match? If they do the t- if they do the, the the double tackle spots and the you hit the ropes, no you hit the ropes, oh you hit the ropes, that crap from 1985, then yeah they're gonna fart all over it. But Bill is. Don't sell Bill short as far as being an athlete's concerned. I, I, he might have some gray in his beard now and whatnot, but he's still a hell of an athlete at the end of the day. Um, I, I'm, I think I think Bill's going to surprise a lot of people with the condition he comes into this. And I'm I sure really they'll do. I'm sure this, they'll lay this match out. So uh, you know, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors and, and gimmicks and stuff. So you know, it's not a, a, a an athletic contest for 20 minutes. But. <laughs> And here's the thing: they both respect the crap out of each other privately, so that that's really important. That means Brock is going to work. That's the very important key here. Is that a scary thing though? Because Brock is not. It, Brock's a very physical guy, and this is somebody mm-hmm. that hasn't wrestled in 12 years. Uh, no, Brock is. Brock can take care of his opponent. Watch Brock versus Kurt. The size difference. Watch the, how Brock would sell all over that ring for Kurt because he did respect Kurt, um, and he's a hell of an athlete. He's still a top flight athlete. Watch, watch. Brock's gonna have his working shoes on. I guarantee it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the build goes. Uh, the build goes. Uh, Goldberg will be in Denver next week uh, for Raw, mm-hmm. so his first appearance on Raw in in 12 years. So. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to go to next week's show just because of the podcast and everything, but yeah, you gotta I, I might go. have to go check that out. Nah, you got to go. Bill's a, Bill's a class act, too, in real life. He, everybody likes Bill. Yeah. Um, uh, one more thing. I, I know we brought this up last night, but you, you're a little surprised that they're just doing it right away at Survivor Series and not saving it for – especially because – I think it was Dave Meltzer that's reported that the plan is for Brock to face Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Now, to me, Goldberg and Brock is a much bigger much match bigger than Shane. Like, you do Shane now and you save Goldberg for Mania, or at least the Royal Rumble where you're at the Alamo Dome. I'm with you a thousand percent with that, right? A hundred percent. This is a man, this is a non wrestler going against the Beast Incarnate. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's not, I get Shane McMahon, Shane McMahon, but come on. Like right. this is the one entity out there, you know, on the opposite side of the polar universe that can up, you know what I mean, offset the beast, it being Goldberg. Right. He's the mania match. Um, that said, though, when dumb question, when was this? When is the game been fully released? Right, it's already been released. Obviously, uh, tonight. Like they're doing. Tonight? Yeah, that's why. They're that corny. I'm telling you the truth. They're <laughs> that corny that this video game crap means more apparently than that than wrestlemania <laughs> I, I know how ludicrous this sounds i know it does but you just said it yourself yeah it's it, not even a question goldberg or shane mcmahon versus the beast incarnate it's not a question right but you, you still could have done stuff to promote the game you could have still been advertising goldberg for the survivor series to answer brock lesnar and do a slow build to the you know like they did with sting yes and yes 100 so, yes i don't know I, again it's too early to say um 
who, who knows? Maybe it'll get such a huge reaction that they decide to go with a, you know, a rematch and, and, and maybe, you know, do a rematch at rumble and then a third at mania. So we'll, we'll see. Do we know, I know the story is set up because Brock beat him down, but it, uh, whatnot, but is it definite Shane, Shane and, and Brock? Is that definite? I mean, I know nothing's definite, but is it really that strong of a rumor? I think yeah, that's the plan. Uh, yeah, I think every year the WrestleMania plans get jacked. Like last year was supposed to be Cena and Undertaker, um, but yeah, that was you know that was the plan. I, I I don't. I mean, even if you don't do Lesnar and Shane, who else do you do? A, a newer guy, a newer guy that hopefully they built by then. I, but, <laughs> I, that, that's yeah. Yeah, there's not that much time. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know who they'd be able to build up that fast. Should have done more Braun. Let Braun start going through your roster a little bit more. I don't know. Somebody. Yeah. Because they got to look the part physically, too, which is tough. Yeah, and, and they just got to be over with the fans. Um, and, and Braun's not there. No. All right. So next we had another Emma to Emmalina uh, promo. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, I mean, she she's looking great. That was such a Tori Wilson, like – that was the antithesis of what this division was supposed to be to me. Like, sell it with sex. Like, are we really – come on, guys. It's 2016. Why couldn't we see some clips of her, of what a badass in the ring she is? Because she is super underrated in the ring. I agree with that. But at the same time, it's it, – there's no one kind of being the sex symbol. So having one, I feel like, is – you Can't know, it's a little hard? different. Can't she just be hot wrestling or wearing? Okay, shoot a couple clips of her in her bikini. Great, but but show some action or show some of her promo work. Show some. Well, they can't show promo work because then it reveals what her gimmick is. But you know what I'm saying. I just thought I was watching a Tori Wilson, Sable. I don't know, sunny, cheesy beach photo shoot crap. Yeah, and it definitely did seem like that. Uh, up next, we had Arya Davari versus TJ Perkins. Mm. Uh, apparently, WWE, if you, you're of Arabic descent, you get the same gimmick just recycled you know, down the, down the line. I'm going to call them out right now. I'm going to call out Sean Davari right now. He gave, I know it for a fact. He gave his brother, Raj, what, what is that? What, what, what do you call um, the headpiece? What's the proper word for it? Do you know offhand? I never do, and I don't want to insult anybody. Yeah, the the, the turban is what the seats turban? wear. Okay, uh, well, let, let, I, let, I don't think that's what they call it for. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. The head, let's just say the, the headdress. Head the headdress. All right. That, I promise you, was Sean Devaris. That was the same one he wore. Yeah. Down to, yeah. Um, ugh. They, he's really athletic, by the way, his brother, Aria. Um, Aria. But, they just made him do his thing. His brother's shtick again. That's all they. That's all they know how to do with uh, <laughs> Middle Eastern wrestlers. You know, they had a cool opportunity with Mark Capani. They yeah. that was fresh. That was cool at first, and then they got all chicken. They went all. They went all. Al Qaeda with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you had Arya Davari. For those who don't know, he's the younger brother, Sean Davari. Uh, who was with Muhammad Hassan? He was his manager, and then had a you know had a he he, he had a good wrestling career. He, he yeah, go in the ring. Uh, he st- just started. He's starting a wrestling academy with uh, uh, Ken Anderson. I have an interview coming up with them that will be oh, on good. the site next week. Very um, cool. Yeah, yeah, he's a good, cool guy. And um, but this match, uh, Arya Davari, T.J. Perkins, the crowd was pretty quiet. Um, you know, again, you're putting a lot of these guys on TV without any buildup. So it's just like, 
you're out there and, and you're doing a match. Um, yeah. And it felt like you could hear individual chants uh, during this match, you know, like one guy yelling in the crowd. <laughs> it was Glenn. <laughs> it's, it's, it's silver stars. Silver. <laughs> uh, I was actually kind of surprised that they didn't make Davari change his name because they they do that for for job guys. They have them change their name. So uh, a little surprised with that. I know Vince liked Sean a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that did. maybe it has something to do with it. Maybe it doesn't. But Sean, Sean, I, I know he's my buddy, but he's one of the quickest studies I've ever seen in the business as far as picking up the backstage politics, picking up the in-ring stuff. He was doing this like at 19. He would help me, I remember. When I was at TNA, there was a time a booker had an issue doing a job to me, right? And it was in, in his defense, they were going to do it like a three-minute squash match out of nowhere, no advertising, nothing in, in book's defense. But I was heated. And Sean would come and calm me down. And this is a guy that's like 10, like, I don't know, like seven years, eight years younger than me, you know, calming me down and explaining me the business side of it as to why, you know, not to take things personally. My point is that, she, like, Aria is the same way as far as getting the business. And they've got a great talent in him, you know. Anytime you can have somebody that young understand the business, the inside and outs of it, you're only going to have a better company for it because you know your role, which a lot of these dudes don't know. Yeah. They know. Yeah, and, and I also think, you know, WWE tries so hard to to seem, uh, I, I don't know, with it or ahead of the curve. They're definitely not ahead of the curve, but with, with how they're pushing their women and they're equal to men now, like it's, uh, you know, trying to push that they're, I guess, politically uh, on the level. I don't know. No, and good. It, and yeah. it seems like if you're doing that, do that with Davari, you know. Don't give yes. him some stereotypical gimmick. Uh, you know, that's so 1980s. Um, take a page out of the first, you know, his brother being the manager of, of Mark of Muhammad Hassan. Right. You yeah, know, exactly. that was that was cool. And that would be cool again. And no one would really remember it either. I don't think I think it was yeah. long enough ago. Right. And do, do you notice that uh, there were some delete chants? Uh, there were some delete chants like throughout this show. So uh, Matt Hardy's influence. Was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, TJ Perkins picked up the win. Um, it was a good match. Uh, it. Uh, I think putting the cruiserweight matches when it's not established in the third hour is a mistake, but you know, that's me. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree with that. I do. And then, uh, we went to the main event, Chris Jericho versus Seth Rollins. Um, again, they're trying to make Seth Rollins, uh, you know, the main baby face, but the crowd was, I think the crowd was 50, 50 here between Jericho and Rollins. This is the problem. And I can't believe I'm saying this because Chris is, such a good worker and such yeah. all and, and all not just in the ring i mean on the mic everywhere but that's the problem sometimes when you get too cute as a heel and you get too entertaining as a heel is that it's nothing it's not because seth isn't over as a face it's not that at all it's that chris and ko are freaking entertain too entertaining almost and i like it I know I'm not supposed to, uh, you know, when we analyze this and as a, from, from a wrestler's perspective, I'm supposed to say, no, if you're a heel, you got to be a heel. You know, you can't be too entertaining, you know, that kind of thing. That's what we're taught to a degree. You know, as a heel, you get your, you get the face over first. You worry about that first and then you do all the other crap along the way. So anything that went not sour, but if the fans weren't into uh, Seth as much, it's not an indictment on Seth by any means. It's that Chris is that damn entertaining right now and he's hot. Um, but 
there were I thought they were they popped really well for Seth. You know, um, Seth is so good in the ring. He's one of the few guys that, with his work, okay, can offset some of the bad promos. Not bad on his part, but badly written for him part. Um, listen, we'll go back and watch the match. You, you'll 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 see it. The kid into the crowd cheering uh, and going up and down through his throughout the match for him. Um, it wasn't like 50-50 like like most 50-50 matches are. You know what I mean? And that's that's a tough spot to be in because he's going against an uber entertaining heel. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with what you said. I think Jericho in there with anybody, it, it would have been the same reaction. Jericho's just he's that entertaining right now and, and in a likable way. You know, the list thing is just hilarious. <laughs> and and the way he says it, I mean just everything about it, he's he's just he's on fire right now. That's why I think um he should he's rumored to be leaving soon uh, like before the royal rumble so i, oh. I think uh, he could do a babyface turn and and have a, a little run with uh, kevin owens before he's gone again if god i know he's a huge fan of K, of kl obviously that's why he's not that's why he's cool putting himself in the secondary role with ko right now because that's how confident and how you know there's so many wrestlers that would be way too insecure no matter how over they are no matter what kind of hall of fame career they've had even more so they'd be protective to do what chris is doing for ko right now by purposely booking it where he's taking that secondary role between him and ko it makes kevin look like a bigger star how do you not respect the hell out of that number one and number two chris I hope he's remembered for what he is. I'm not just saying this because it's like some best friend of mine or something like that, but this dude is the Madonna of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Think about it. He is, who reinvents himself better than him yeah. or more frequently than him. And uh, you look at him now, it, it doesn't look like he's a veteran that, you know, that sticks out like he's, a, he's the old guy or anything. And he's 46 and he fits right in. It doesn't seem like he's been around a long time. He's 46. Yeah. Or forty five or forty six. I think he's forty six. He, he don't look him. He, he don't look it at all. Right. You're right. Yeah. He don't. Uh, so that so yeah so uh, Seth Rollins uh, won the match so it's going to be one on one Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens Hell in the Cell. Um, Matt, how do you book this match? Uh, Rollins hasn't really won a match. Uh, as being in, a face in ages. Right yeah, as being a face, he's going to be real big. Yeah. Um, man, these are my these are literally my two favorite guys on the show. Um, as a fan, as from watching from a fan's perspective, um, geez, booking wise, it's you, you got to keep it on KO a little bit, a little bit longer here. It's a little too premature for him, in my opinion, to drop it unless their goal was to make him a transitional champion all, all along. Yeah, it, it it seems like if KO beats him again, it kind of kills that dead, and I, I just don't know what else you do uh, after that. And so I can I can almost see them going with Rollins, and then it extends that feud going farther, and, and then putting it back on Owens. That, I, that, that'd be great. I, I love the feud. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. The, uh, overall, if you had to grade this show on a scale, uh, let's go one to five. What would you give it? <laughs> do more pins. All right. Uh, um. Three point seven five. There you go. Nice. I, I would say I would say a solid three, three and a half. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good show. I thought last week too. You, I think you and Vince both affected my rating for No Mercy last night because I didn't. After I thought about, it, I was like, it wasn't that bad. It was actually really? it had two really good matches. It just the order of the show made it end on a flat note that affected it. But I thought uh, two, those two matches were so yeah. good that it uh, it should have gotten a little higher. 
I did go back and watch those two matches again, by the way. Um, yeah. But that was all that was good on it. Yeah. But those two, I mean, especially Ziggler and Miz, I, mean, I thought that was both of their career best matches. So um, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I'm bumping that rating up. Uh, let's get into a <laughs> let's get a couple of news items here. Uh, Paige uh, sus- suspended again, uh, second time. She's claiming it was uh, something that she had a prescription for. Um, I mean, what do you, what do you say at the with, uh, with this? Without speculating, because I don't know what 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 the prescription was, right? Everybody knows I'm myself, uh, at least they should. I'm a painkiller addict myself. I've been sober 10 years. But with that said, there are prescription drugs out there that are important for people to take and that they need that are not addicted to these things like I was, or I am, I should still say. Um, Like Roman Reigns, he got popped for what was it, Adderall? Yeah. He had a prescription for it. Like that's that's the crap i'm talking about that that's that is the slippery slope that they put themselves on them being wwe wellness policy and he, who knows what that could be but with, with Paige, and but 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 she has another black guy doesn't she she's another black guy another black check off that she's done drugs and that's all people will know about it and that, that bothers the crap out of me because they do not go into detail Enough yeah. as to what it was and what's the friggin' violation. You know, put it out there, especially if it's a pain. I'm not saying prescription drugs are any less than, say, than, than the drug like pot, cocaine, something like that. But still, nonetheless, if they have a prescription for it, the, like Romans wasn't really a violation. Yeah. It really wasn't. And that's, that's frustrating. You know, somebody who has ADD himself, like, I'd be really pissed off by that if that happened to me. You know, yeah. my name gets put out there and dragged through the mud. Unless she, he didn't, unless he didn't have the prescription, which which might might have been the case. Like if he had used it uh, in a social set, setting, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, not for a, a medical reason, which people definitely do use it for, no question. Yeah. Um, now, uh, with the with how the wellness policy works, it's three strikes and you're out, right? Like unconditional release. Is that how it works? Like you could go work anywhere you you want if you were to get Popped a third time? To my understanding, you can fight one of them. I could be wrong, but when they first put it in when I was there, it was you could fight against one of the violations or something like that. Like, Well, now they have it that that. before they had it where three strikes and you were gone permanently. And then they switched that to where uh, you can come back. And I think think you start fresh. So, like, uh, I think Jeff Hardy had – was it two? Uh, But he could come back and I think it it would be reset. And uh, so, so yes, but if Paige wanted to be released, uh, in theory, all she would have to do is fail one more time, right? Or, or is yes, it- yes, yes, yes. Chris Masters is a good example, too. He came back and did have a fresh, he did have a clean slate. I remember that vividly, actually. Um, when he had two strikes previously, was released, not for his third policy, for his third violation, but he was just released. He'd come back, and he did have a fresh slate, I remember. Yeah. Um, so, hmm. Yeah, Paige publicly speaking out against the company. You know yeah. how much WWE hates that. Yeah. Wrestlers speaking out of out of turn. Yep. You think uh, you think this might be the last draw? You think they'll they'll let her go? Yeah, I think they think enough of the women's division finally that, yeah, I think – they do. I think they don't think anybody on that show is too big for that company. Not one. Not one talent is bigger than the company. Is what I mean. Um, 
they really think that. And then when God forbid you even sneeze in their direction publicly, <laughs> you know, like Christmas, it's like they, 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 they really have that ax to grind once you do. And it's like, why not just stop being babies about it? Take that talent, make money off of their mouth, make money off of their attitude. Like Paige, I will give her a live mic and just let her go to town. You want to light that women's division on fire and treat it the way it needs to be treated with some more realness, with some authentic, some authenticity. We said we want characters. She's a character. She's a walking, talking, twenty four seven character. She's a gimmick, and I think she's entertaining as hell. I agree. She's so different. Uh, has such a cool character that it stands out, and, and there's a lot you could do with her. So, I hope cooler heads prevail. I hope she can get everything together. You know, she. She had to. She has had the neck injury. Uh, said she needs surgery. Hopefully, she can get what she needs, get her neck right, get healthy, and uh, and then do what she feels is best. Yep. Um. And another thing, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, it's looking like Survivor Series. If it's a one-off, which that was the plan, uh, you know, and it is the plan unless things change. Uh, do you just have Lesnar beat Goldberg uh, straight up? No, if it's a one-off, like everyone says it, I I can't see it as that. Honestly, I don't. I'm not buying the Shane McMahon Brock Mania match. I have a hard time struggling with it. So because of that, here's what I'm thinking: that Brock gets his win, and then they go into Mania again because they're now tied one to one. That's a bigger box office match. They both have a win against one another. Paul is great talking about people's records against his his client. Um, but okay, there, even if that doesn't happen. There's no way in hell they're having Brock Lesnar lose to Bill Goldberg at Survivor Series. No way in hell. Right. Especially because, you know, Brock, uh, Goldberg, you know, went over at MSG. Right. So it's a, it's a way to – Brock gets his win back. But uh, yeah. But do you, uh, you kind of – if you could, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know if Goldberg would agree to this, but do you kind of keep it a one-sided thing uh, if, if it is a one-off? Brock would Brock surprisingly would not sign off on that. That's how much respect he has for Bill. Yeah, how much he likes Bill. Yeah, as that's, that's crazy, right? Because you always hear about Brock doing the opposite. Not with Bill, he likes Bill, and I think he'll have his working boots on that night. You know, right? Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for the match. I don't know how the crowd will respond, but I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Matt, thanks again for joining us this week. Uh, you got anything to plug? Uh, nope, just same things, guys. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, at BP Matt Morgan. All right, Matt. Well, we'll see you next week. And everyone, thanks again for joining us. Uh, Glenn will be back on Wednesday for our Wednesday afternoon podcast at noon Eastern where we'll review SmackDown. So we'll see you then. Until then, have a good night. <laughs>